Hey, Kev, it's time to record a new Smodcast. Fuck off. I'm listening to one of the other great shows on the Smodcast podcast network. Scott? There's so many to choose from. Tune into Hollywood Babylon with me and Ralph Garman. Blowhard on Wednesdays, the show that's all about sucking cock. There's so many to choose from. Or tune into Jay and Silent Bob Get Old on Thursdays, Scott, and listen to Muse's battle with drug addiction. And Fridays, as always, Brian, Walter, Brian, tell him Steve, Dave. There's so many to choose from. And even on the weekends, we got shit going on, bitch, aside from our show, which is on Sunday night. On Saturdays, you can watch Highlands of People History or Live from Smodcastle, which is a highlight reel of like some of the best stuff that we do at our theater. So why the fuck are people just listening to this show? There's so many to choose from. Smodcast.com. It's all free. It's all funny. Smonsters of talk. There's so many to choose from. <laughs> Love and marriage, love and marriage They go together like a horse and carriage This I'll tell you, brother You can't have one without the other Love and marriage, love and marriage uh, Hi everybody, and welcome um, uh, to the very first Smarriage we're doing at Smodcastle, so bear with us as we figure it all out. But I feel like we should start in a very official capacity. So I took some notes, and here it goes. As you can see, I'm dressed in priestly vestments. Priests wear robes, I wear a bathrobe. Um, here we go. Dearly beloved, we have gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you there's something else, the afterworld. That comes from another uh, another artist, a guy by the name of Prince. And uh, it didn't come from the Bible, because I figure here at Smide Castle, we kind of throw the book out when it comes to everything, including marriage. I didn't bring a Bible. I brought a copy of uh, The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, which I consider, they suggest using a holy book, so I went for one that I thought would be the most sacred, uh, and as well as, as interesting, uh, and, and just about as realistic as well. Um, although this book, the villains are way more better than Jesus's villains. But uh, we'll be using this uh, for Smarriage. I'm your host, uh, Rev Kev. Um, as we know, in this world, marriage uh, rarely, rarely seems to work out. But nobody who's ever been smarried has gotten divorced. We're going to take a journey with a couple of people who are fusing their lives together. Uh, and in one hour, they are going to finally be able to have sex legally. So this is a big, important day for them. Um, I've also been kind of forewarned that uh, uh, some of the, uh, Rhonda's dad, where's Harry? Harry, how are you, sir? Um, I want this to be comfortable for you as well. As you can see, I'm sweating because I was told like, Harry don't like dick jokes. So I'm trying to work around you. I'm gonna try to involve you as well. I need to win you over. Father of the bride, very important uh, for this day. And I know this is not probably how you saw your daughter getting married and whatnot. But I'll be, I'll be gentle. I'll be good. And um, and he seems like a good guy. It's not all dirty jokes and shit. Sometimes we talk about love. For example, I'll give you my theory. For me, 
uh, when we think about the human condition, our DNA and our genetic coding, it tells us to kind of go out and spread the seed, keep the species going. It doesn't say one person. It just says make as many babies as possible, lest your species perish from the earth. Uh, when we fall in love, or, or even worse, when we try to get married to people, what we're essentially doing is trying to shut down genetic coding that goes back eons and eons and eons. You're telling your, the human condition inside of you, the human being that you are, that everything you've been programmed to do and believe, ineligible. You don't need that anymore. You don't want to spread the seed around. You want to spread the seed right there. You want to populate the earth with just one person. So the profound ability to be able to turn off your genetic encoding and wrap yourself around one person only is, I, I thought, about the, the most beautiful and profound thing that we can get through. So, so it's not all dick jokes. Sometimes we talk about love, too. But to be fair, we're going to meet and greet um, our two guests, find out some stuff about them that might be a little, shall we say, risque. And when that happens, I'm going to look to you. And if you hold your hand up, that's you telling me, like, shut up. And then I'll change subject if that's cool with you. Good. I need you, Harry. You're on my team for this one. Um, okay. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, a very happy couple, or soon-to-be couple, who I met backstage, uh, and we're going to get to know them. I'm going to get to know them just as you guys get to know them and whatnot. And the beautiful thing is, small room here, it only fits about 50 people, but once this is done, it goes out into the world, and their wedding gets heard by everybody, so everybody gets to know them. So without further ado, I want to bring both of them out here for you right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for two people who are going to be married in less than an hour, Chris Jacobs and Rhonda Sheffield. I gotta tell you, Harry's tough. <laughs> um, how are you guys? Good. Let's get to know you. Uh, your name is Chris Jacobs. Right. And where are you from, Chris? Uh, originally from Fort Lauderdale, but now living in Gainesville. Okay. You are Rhonda Sheffield. Right. And where... I was born and raised in Gainesville, Florida. Okay. Pretty much lived there all my life. Let's talk about your life growing up. Um, born in Gainesville. Where'd you go to school? Um, for college, I went to University of Florida uh -huh. for that Gainesville High School, uh, Lincoln Middle School, um, Glen Springs Elementary. <laughs> now, way back, now, when did you first start dating? When did relationships enter the equation? Um, let's see. I think my first official boyfriend was probably in 10th grade. Uh-huh. Um, named Patrick. He was a baseball player at the time. Very into baseball. That's all he wanted to talk about. And I wasn't very much in a, into baseball myself. So You were just like, hey man, go to second base. But and he's really like, I will. And he hit a ball and ran to it. And you're like, I meant my boobs, you idiot. No, we didn't ever even get Harry, that Harry, is that okay? <laughs> Harry signed off on the boobs. We're good. We're good. We're in second base with Harry. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Okay. Um, at this, this guy, when you're dating him, when I was a kid, everyone I dated I wanted to marry, but I was a fat kid, so that stands to reason, because anybody shows you a little attention, you're like, I love you. Um, when you were dating this dude, were you thinking, like, I want to marry this guy? Did you ever think that? No. Were you one of those marrying kids when you were a kid? Really, I dated him because I liked his best friend. <laughs> right on, man. So you were working your way through him. Right, right. Right on. So you're like Matahari and shit <laughs> like that. Um, did you ever wind up going with his best friend or no? No, never worked out for me. Did he ever find out that no, that's why you were with so. him? He will now. Right. <laughs> right on. Um, okay, so uh, that was your first, would you call a serious boyfriend? Like um, you dated for more than a day or something like that? Yeah, we dated for a, a month or two. Held okay. hands. You know. That's pretty intense. Right. <laughs> um, then uh, when you get to high school, did you have a boyfriend? Or at college, did you have a, a boyfriend? Um, 
I know it's weird to talk about ex-boyfriends when you're getting married. You'll never find that at church, but <laughs> I like to really, go the other way. Right. The first really serious boyfriend was probably when I was just going into college. Mm-hmm. We worked together at a barbecue restaurant. His uh, dad owned it. You think he'll hear the show? Possibly. Wouldn't that be amazing? And he was just like, she could have been mine. <laughs> I, I'm friends with a lot of my exes. Are you really? Yeah. I'm not. They're all bitter enemies of mine. Um, the uh, Okay, so uh, Chris... Were you that guy? Were you the marrying type? Had you tried to get married before? Have you dreamed about getting married in a very woman-like fashion? Thought about it, but never rushed towards it. Uh-huh. You know, I am a guy. Um, yeah, I thought about it, had some serious relationships, but nothing that ever came close to marriage. Right, right, right. No, yeah. Nobody that I ever felt comfortable with spending the rest of my life. Um, yeah, and that's, that's the concept here. The idea is kind of doing it uh, eternally. And are you guys into the idea of, like, we do it once and that's it? Or are you like, try it out? No. We've been together six years, so... You can tell you're serious. Anywhere. You're getting married at a podcasting <laughs> theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you went to school where? Let me hit, hit me with your youth as well. Um, started at Morrow Elementary, then oh. Silver Lakes Middle School, and then Coconut Creek High School. Immediately went to a technical school, ITT Technical Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, got my associate's degree in electronics and started working. And what were the chicks like at ITT? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, had you had serious, uh, a serious girlfriend or serious girlfriends in the past? Had you ever gotten close to this step? I had long relationships, but nothing, again, nothing that really came close to marriage. I, I gave a girl a ring once, but I think it was more fear of her leaving me than actual really wanting to marry her. Right, right, right. But, how, uh, do you get a, how do you get a ring back in a situation like that? You're like, look, I was just being a chicken shit. Can I have this? <laughs> I you did. didn't? You just let her keep it? Went our separate ways, and I haven't talked to her since. Really? Yeah. What do you think she did with it? I probably sold it. Is that the move? I'd never thought about that, I well, guess, man. keep it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. She could always like, whip it out there's an emotional tie time. that you want to break, so I why guess. Would, you can't really keep it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Sell the rock and buy yourself some shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Was that her movie? You think she's what she did? Probably. Um, when did you guys first kind of come into one another's lives? February of 1998. I love it. You know the date. Mm -hmm. Like a dude who knows the date. That's real love. That's how you know you're going to stay fucking married, man. You're a dude like me. You appreciate pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry? <laughs> Liking pussy is not a bad thing. No? We'll stay away from that. Um... <laughs> When, uh, okay, so uh, the date, go ahead, February 8th. We started working together at uh, Domino's Pizza in Gainesville in uh, February of 1998. To get, were you both delivery or cookers? She was on the phones and I was delivery. Oh, did you have to wear those pants? Yeah. <laughs> and the hat. I did it once. And the hat. I did that job once for about three hours. And I, it was on June 23rd, 1989. And I know that because it was the day that Batman opened. And the moment I, so I was there for three hours, I was like, I can't wear pants like this my whole, my whole evening, like a day long. And so they were like, uh, hey, some people can uh, take off if you want. There are too many people here tonight. And I was like, I will because I wanted to go see Batman. And then while I was at Batman, looking at him in that outfit and him doing what he wanted to do with his life, I was like, I'm never going back to Domino's. <laughs> I'm going to go be a superhero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't work out for me in that department. <laughs> so, um, okay, so how long were you guys working at Domino's? Do you guys... It was the, the highest volume Domino's pizza in the world. Get out So of there was tons of employees and we all crossed paths, trained, worked together, yeah. Is that because of the co colleges yeah. down there or whatnot? Yeah, and the guy who, who bought the store, he, he managed it for a while and then eventually bought it. He... Cheapen the prices, and we got killed by college kids. 
Really? Every just night. because the pieces were very low yeah, price? very so cheap. He offered good deals, and he, I mean, he, he knows business. Now, he, he's since bought six stores in the area, and he's franchised, and he, he won National Manager of the Year three times. Get out of here. Yeah. Now, um, does that, you delivery? Yeah. What are tips like? Okay. It was a college town. So college kids generally don't tip as well? No. Do, a lot of, do you get stiffed by college kids at all? Sometimes. Have not, you had scary good. experiences delivering pizza? You know, nobody ever approached me or, or, or anything, but some parts of town you just, at, you know, 1130 at night when you don't see anything but a couple of eyes... It's it's scary. Yeah, no doubt, really. Yeah. Now you're talking about the Italian parts of town, right? <laughs> right. You never want to be walking around at night with a pizza any time. Right. They all come out of the woodwork like, give me that. Right. Um, well, some of those parts of town are just very dimly lit, you know, run down, and you don't see anything but, like, somebody sitting on a porch, just nothing to do but watch you. All right, right, delivering so the pizza. constantly looking over the shoulder. And you it's hear a near, 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 Now, did you ever go out on the road delivering? A few times, but yeah. um, for the female drivers, they only sent them to the better places. Oh, really? Yeah. Or they could send them in a buddy system, like two of them and shit. Two chicks in a car, like Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> How long about when you guys started working there, did you start uh, palling around, buddying up, before, long before you get into Because I remember you dated, but you didn't start dating. Right. We uh, we had conversations. We got along great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably it was a few months in because we worked different shifts. Right. You know, I, our our shifts kind of overlapped a little bit here and there. And then when I started working days, and her and I really started working together, that's when we we decided to hang out a couple times. Um, she took me to there's one gay bar in the city of Gainesville mm-hmm. called University Club. And she didn't believe you were straight. You would go there five, six nights a week, and uh, they had a, a drag show. And that was one of her favorite things to do. One of her friends participated in it. So she's like, yeah, come with me to the show. It's great. It's fun. Okay, sure. So we went, had a blast. Hung you out got hard. Times. Me? Yeah, and you were like, oh, I got to have a conversation. <laughs> what was it? Um, what? Uh, what? Why the gay bar? Were you testing him out to see if like? Well, there were things that could make me question. Um, he does know how to knit and was picking out yarn with my mother before. Um, one time when there. I was coming home, he was leaving for the mall, and he's like, "Oh, come with me." And I was like, "Why do you need to go to the mall?" And he said, "I have to go to Yankee Candle to see if they have pansies, my favorite scent." <laughs> Candle, dude, pansies. <laughs> I like a clean smelling house, a good smelling place. My right mom on. got me on Yankee Candle growing up, so nothing wrong with that, right? No wonder she I mean, took you to a gay not bar. Gay. Not a gay at all. Very yeah. straight, very masculine. Um, so she takes you to the gay bar to see if you're candle grabbing or cock grabbing, and apparently you walk out of there okay. Yeah. What was the friend? You have a friend? Explain yeah, that. There was um, a lady that did my hair as Evan before she became India. And, uh, she oh, went, she was a guy who had a sex change. Yes. Um, she went overseas to have the sex change, had it all removed and everything like that. Um, I believe she actually worked as a runway model as a female in New York after the operation. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. She was on Maury Povich, too, at one point as, is it a guy or is it a girl Guess you know, type gender. show. Really? Um, but she would come to the bar and perform sometimes, and she would get pretty much butt naked. And I like to bring my male friends there just to see their reaction. You know, there would be tears in their eyes sometimes going, tell me that wasn't a man. I'm really? She looks that good? Yeah. Why didn't you bring her? <laughs> um, did you have a good time at the, at the, at the gay bar? Yeah. Yeah, the drag it? show's a blast. Yeah, they yeah. had a really good MC, and, and he slash she, you know, really entertained the crowd and made it fun. Fun for everybody, gay, straight. You know, it was, it was a mixed crowd on, on that night. The rest of the week, it was 
primarily gay, but that night it was a good mixed crowd. So no. I wasn't totally uncomfortable. And are, at this point, are you? is it a date or are you going as friends? It is, is it a scam? Sort of, sort of hanging out. As friends. Just going as friends. Yeah, testing the waters. Okay. Um, and in your mind, are you thinking, oh, this could be something? Or are you just like, she's a nice girl, Dom? Yeah, I'm interested. You know, I'm kind of a wuss. You know, I, I very bad at reading signals. Like, does she like me? Or does she just think I'm cool and want to hang out? Or, right. or what, what's going on? Is she looking for a friend or what? So I, I kind of... Played it safe and stayed back. And what was it for you at that point? Were you looking for a van? Were you kind of interested in him as a boyfriend? Were you? I was kind of a, a party girl. I liked to go out. I went out five, six nights a week. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't think I was at that time looking for anything real serious. I wasn't wanting to settle down or anything and like that. And he seemed safe and almost girlish. Yeah. <laughs> With his curious interest in candles and men's bikini briefs or whatever. Right. Love my pansies. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's the first time you guys kind of go out more social than anything else. At that point, does it kind of kick off a friendship of sorts, or you don't go out again for a little while? Well, he started um, then dating a, another coworker of ours that was a friend of mine. So that kind of put a damper on A uh, kibosh on it. What was that all Somebody, about? Somebody... Like I said, I, I didn't know how to read signals. I was kind of young. Didn't, I, right. I didn't know if she was looking for a friend or what. There was another coworker. You were like, I that, think she's gay. That, that this girl, this other person really wanted something, and I could tell. So I went with the safe, hey, this girl wants me. I'm going to go there. Right. So I tried that, and that was an insane relationship. How long did that last? It lasted two and a half years, but about two to three months into the relationship, she had a problem with alcohol. And uh-huh other mental issues she got arrested and was in jail and the last thing she said to me before she went to jail was pretty much screw you and screw you for doing this to me which is a long story we don't need to get into but there especially was, on the wedding day yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly that's <laughs> yeah another day totally um the uh, all right so so at that at some point two months in apparently we're like why didn't i date the fucking gay bar chick she was problem free and shit yep so he called me up, invited me over for dinner. Two and a half years later? No. This was about no, two while, to three months. Two, three months in, into that relationship. While she oh. was in jail, like I said, last thing she said was, screw you, so I, okay, fine. You were like, all right, here's the ultimate screw you. I'm go going out to dinner with somebody one. while you're in jail. So I go back, try this one, invite her over for dinner, cook her a steak, potatoes, nice meal, hang out, watch basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so romantic. Totally, totally. That's a way. I to knew begin. how to work the ladies. <laughs> um, did you? Uh, you should have taken her to jail the way she took you to the gay bar. You're like, guess where our first date's going to be? Let's go to jail and make fun of my crazy ex. <laughs> um, when uh, at that point did you kind of feel like, oh, he's invited me over with a more than with an interest in more than just friends? And have you guys been hanging out at that point? You're both still at Domino's, or is Domino's still long Domino's. over? Yeah. Um, I thought he wanted more than friends at that point, but it didn't help that um, she called him from jail and while I was over there that <laughs> night and we spent a long time talking to her. And I knew she was crazy, and right. so I was a little scared of what she might do when she got out of jail, you know, if she knew I was there and things of that nature. Does she, does she know you're here right now? He Maybe. still talks to her on Facebook. She's a friend of mine on Facebook. On Facebook. But we don't really communicate. Right on. So she may have seen postings and know that we're out here, but I don't know. I'm not afraid she's going to track me down or anything. Good. That, I guess that's <laughs> yeah, what no. I was getting at. I was like, should we have security on the door right now? <laughs> she's um, not that crazy. It's not that bad. Her, her medication's regulated now. It's all working out yeah. for her. Good for her. Okay, so at this point, when do you guys uh, st- start making it more frequent or... 
was there another date? Did somebody finally say, hey, I like you? Uh, how does it proceed beyond uh, that dinner? Or did well, it happen at the dinner? After that date, we kind of, uh, she got out of jail. He decided to stay with her and work through their issues. She was sort of suicidal. So I was scared that if I leave her, I was going to be the thing that pushed her over the edge. Right, so right, I, right. I went back to her and tried to help her and, uh-huh. and stayed with her for a long time until it eventually we realized that it was it was never going anywhere so then how long ways. between that dinner when she was two months in jail and and uh when you were finally like i'm done with this and hi i'm free well it didn't even work out that way we went our separate ways uh-huh. i started teaching high school left dominoes things of that nature then when i got an opportunity to move to miami for uh-huh. a job um it took a little while before the job opened up, so I needed a place to stay in the meantime in Gainesville. Right. And somebody said, oh, I have a friend that's looking for a roommate. And that ended up being Chris. The so we had each man, other really? in years yeah. until we ended up just being roommates. I called him, and I was like, hey, you remember me? Of course he did, and we decided to live together. And about, what, two months of living together, we started dating. Mm-hmm. So you guys are living together platonically. Right. Single and single? Yes. In Gainesville. Well, I broke up with a guy as soon as I moved in with him because the guy I was dating at the time, I knew I'd rather be with Chris. And I thought if there was somebody I'd rather be with than the person I'm currently with, then I shouldn't be with the person I'm currently with. So you kept, So I broke them up with them. That's right. You cut the dead weight loose, single, getting ready and whatnot, right. sending a signal. Right. Um, very clear signal. And so, I was older and saw the signal. Then. Yeah. This time you weren't like, why are we at a gay bar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so two months, you figure two months in. Do you remember who said what to whom first? Well, our house kept flooding at the time. The you liked them that much? <laughs> the bedrooms, especially. Uh, Harry, is that an okay joke? Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well done. Sorry. Go ahead. So we would have to take the mattresses off the bed and put them in the living room where there was a fireplace, and we had to just kind of share the living room with each other. Right, right. And right. I think that's what helped start the relationship even more. Um, but I believe you said, what did you say to me to start the relationship? Oh, you asked me if there was anybody I was interested in dating. And I said, well, you know, I'm interested in dating you. And so then that's just kind of how you said that to him. And did you know that she was interested in dating you? I had a clue. Like like I said, I I learned some things. So I just wanted her to, to reassert it. You know, you just wanted to hear that little confidence. So I could say, all right, let's do this. So now when she says that, do you guys like kiss that night? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> it began like yeah. it was just because you was, had never had we, you we never kissed prior to that? Yeah, mm-hmm. we had. You had? Mm-hmm. But not hardcore, just friend kiss or what are you not telling me? <laughs> Is it cuz Harry's here? We'll have him leave the room and you can tell me the truth. <laughs> what um what when when had you kissed for the first time? That would probably be back in the first date with the basketball yeah. that night. Yeah. Even though his his girlfriend called him from jail, you know. She still tried to persuade me. Yes. She did? Yeah. Yes. Fortunately, he didn't choose me at that, po- at that time. Yeah, but he, he was making out with you, though, yes. that evening. So you guys kissed for the first time then. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't for another six years before you kiss again? Right. And you had gotten better in the process, aside from being able to read signs more. You're probably a fucking better kisser oh, as well. Yeah. Um, you were probably aces in the beginning, but just right. got better as time went on. Um, what, uh, so what was the first time kissing like after not kissing for six years and doing a bunch of other things? It was good. It was magical. Was it magical? You, you, you instantly feel a connection. 
So you, you did. You felt yeah. the moment you guys kissed, you were like, yes, this is the right thing. Yeah. And not just like, yes, I'm going to get laid. Right. Well, it was I think a little both deeper. of us, the whole time we were separated, thought about each other a lot. I was single for a while when we went our separate ways, and I thought about her several times. I tried to look her up on the internet, but this was pre-Facebook, MySpace. There wasn't really very many avenues. So I'd look her up on white pages to see if she was in town, but couldn't find anything listed. And I, I really wanted to try to reconnect with her, but mm. just didn't have any sort of medium to do so. And were you feeling the same way, or were you just like, hey, he's a guy I knew, and then I met him again? Well, I had thought about him um, and thought, you know, I wonder what it would have been like had that worked out for us at the time. But I wasn't actively pursuing trying to find him until someone came up and said, hey, do you remember Chris Jacobs? He needs a roommate. So, Two months into living together, uh, you guys kind of make it clear that you're into one another. And so two beds become one, or is it a slower right. problem? Right away? Yeah. Well, we had the flooding problem, so... <laughs> Harry, you want to step in here? Say something about um, the flooding problem and kind yeah. of it created the relationship. The whole back of the house where the bedrooms were, all that carpet, everything was kind of flooded, and they had to rip it up and put fans in there. So Ooh. we just dragged my mattress out, and we had a sectional couch, and we wedge it in there and light a fire and hang out. Did you guys stay in that in that in that apartment, or have you since moved out? No, we stayed no. there till I got um, the job offer in Miami, right? And then we both. Uh, we were only dating, what, six months? And then um, he decided to move with me down there. And I had a great job that I had been at for six years, and I dropped it to go move to Miami with her. What was the great job you were at? I was a manufacturing supervisor for a, a local company uh, called Invivo that I, I still work at. I, mm-hmm. Well, I left the company to go to Miami. While in Miami, I went back to school, got my bachelor's degree, and moved back and took another job there. Right on. So how long was that between that when you left and came back the conquering hero? Two and a half years. Nicely done. I spent two and a half years in Miami. And came it was back. all because of Rhonda. Yeah. Right on. She now, had, what were you she doing? She had a good opportunity. So yeah, you I, had I a had good job. What was the good job you had? What were you doing? Um, and were you still doing it? turned out to be a hellish job. Yeah. I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. like it at all. Right. Um, I had a friend of the family who he buys and sells. He's a business broker, buys and sells businesses. He wanted to buy a small business and have me move down there and run it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, that helped people with building permit issues. And so I was basically the one person company that would go around and help people with permitting problems, right. dealing with a lot of different building departments, things of that nature for people. And it was not fun at all. It wasn't just one didn't do anything for you, but no. was it like to pay well or something like that? Um, it was no. supposed to. It was supposed to, but it didn't work out. It was at the start of the the decline of the housing market, right. so the building permit industry took a huge hit, and what was supposed to be fifty to seventy thousand turned out to be about twenty thousand a year. Oh, geez! So I had to work full time while going to school full time while she was doing her thing full time, and just make it work until I could finish school and get back to Gainesville and get back home. And now, what? And did you get a different gig up in Gainesville, or? Yeah, I lucked out. I had a friend who um, worked at the hospital there, Shan's Hospital, uh-huh. and he was running a few departments. And he said, "Hey, one of my departments needs an employee. We'll train you." Mm-hmm. Um, so I went from teaching high school to do doing building permits to now I do EEGs, brainwave readouts. I hook people's heads up to electrodes and I look at their brainwaves. <laughs> Get out of here, man. What is that like? Can you read them and stuff? Mm-hmm. Can you they tell what people are thinking? What am I thinking right now? <laughs> you don't know what people are thinking, but mainly we're doing it to look for any kind of seizure activity or stroke activity of the right. person. Or the worst ones are when we have to do brain deaths. We have to hook them up to see if they're brain dead or not. Ooh. Okay. I got lost in the depression for a moment. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot what a happy day this is. I was like, we're all going to die, aren't we, Rhonda? <laughs> 
Um, okay, so you guys wind up. Do you make it official? Is there? When I was in high school, you know, you'd ask somebody out, but the older you get, that doesn't. There's never a defining moment. Usually, you know, it's kind of just like, oh, we're kind of dating. I think. Are we dating? Usually, two weeks in, you're like, are we going out? Somebody has to ask the question. Did you guys make it official? When did you know that? Like, oh yeah, we're a couple, couple. September 11th of 2004. What happened? You guys were just so green. November 11th. November, yeah. That's a big difference, man. Big difference. (laughs) Um, What was that moment? Now, how long after the whole I like you, I like you, and let's kiss and move the beds together was that? That was that night. Same night, really? Yeah. Yeah. So right away. If we're going to share a bed, we might as well make it official. In what way? What do you you mean? Oh, by going like, we're going out now. Oh, okay. Right. Um, Now... Do you guys hang out with people at this point, or are you guys just pretty much keeping to yourselves? What's your What's your day like? Your dating day? You go to work, come home, then what? Watch TV, cook dinner. Right, right, right. Together. Yeah, I I cook. She watches TV, and then <laughs> he's the cook. He fixes my plate every night and cleans the kitchen. Right, I'm right, not right. allowed in there unless really? I'm going to bake something. He lets me bake. Other than that. But why is this? Cooking's my hobby. Is it really? Yeah. That's just something I do for, you know, instead of sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing. Right. Why not spend an hour in the kitchen making a really good, tasty meal? Totally. Especially if you're going to eat it and whatnot. Yeah. And and it's it's even better if you're like, I've prepared it. Now Mm -hmm. we can eat this. And you're also showing off your skills and whatnot. What what did you do to kind of peacock for? What were the things, aside from cooking, that you would pimp to kind of be like, I'm a man worth having and whatnot? Like, I try to... Make chicks laugh all the time. That's the only thing I got going. Hopefully they look past everything else, just hear the jokes. What's your beard, if you will? I don't think I really had any because I, after I got out of that, that rocky relationship, mm-hmm. I kind of became a hermit for a while. I had a one-bedroom apartment and just cocooned. Mm-hmm. I stayed in there and said, I, you know, I, I went to the video store, and that was sort of the, a big moment for me. I went to the movie store to pick up a movie mm-hmm. not long after her and I had split. And walking in the video store, I realized that I didn't know what I wanted to watch. Because for the past two and a half years, I was renting movies and buying things and doing everything that she wanted to do to try to please her. Right. So I realized that I, I needed to take time for myself and figure out who the hell I am. Right, right, right. So I did that, and it was it was a pretty magical time for me. A lot of self-discovery. And uh, I, I just basically got to a point where I, I, I played the game. I read Maxim and followed all the rules of what girls like, and it got me absolutely nowhere. No, yeah, no. So I, I finally, I believe after, if Maxim knew, it would yeah. probably sell a lot better than it does. They didn't crack the code yeah. yet. So after like a year and a half of trying to do everything Maxim said to do and failing, right. I said, you know what, screw this. I'm going to be me. Yeah. And if I find somebody that wants to jump on and join the ride, or enjoy the ride, then cool. Totally. And she immediately took to me and, and I I never had to change at all. I don't do anything differently than than when I was single. I I'm me. Right, right, right. And now you're you together. Right. Thank well, God us. she's way into the whole candle love and chef right. thing, man, because you got that in space. What uh what is it about him that drew you? What caught your eye? What made you think, ooh, I would like to not only cohabitate beyond just being like, you know, living in one room, living in the other, and maybe even going to this step, going as far here, what was it that about him? Was it the cooking? Was it the candling? Was it the... Well, I think um, anybody that knows Chris knows that he's just a very 
good guy. He's mm-hmm. just very caring out to do things for others um, without expecting anything in return. Um, and I could really appreciate that in him. I'm I'm a pretty giving person myself, and a lot of people tend to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And so he's felt the same way. So if you could find somebody that you could both be giving and not take advantage of each other, I think that was the secret. The longest relationship I had previous to him, um, this guy did horrible things, horrible things. Um, right. I mean... Probably the worst was he stole my dead grandmother's ring and pawned it. I found that out later when I found the pawn ticket. He wouldn't own up to it at first. Uh, he got my car repossessed and me evicted from my apartment by stealing money out of my bank account without me knowing. I dated him for three years. And he potentially killed her cat. Get out of here. He hated my cat. It was really sick. And uh, one day it just went missing. He kept saying how I could just put it out of its misery. I could just put it out of its misery. And then one day my cat was gone. And yeah. So romantic. Um, yeah, well, so we're I can glad. Really he's gone. It. Yeah, <laughs> he benefit. You benefit by virtue of the fact that you've never killed a cat, as far right. as we know. Yeah, I like cats. Yeah, yeah I could deal with I'm cats. allergic to them, but I like them. Totally, totally. That's all it takes sometimes in this mm-hmm. world, man. Just be the guy that likes the cat, right. as opposed to the guy who's like, "I killed your cat." You know, can I have your grand- <laughs> dead grandmother's ring? Yeah, we're glad that he's gone. Although right. it'd be awesome if he heard the show, got a message <laughs> for him like, "Fuck you, buddy." Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like pretty much. That's all it is. Um, okay, um, how uh, how long ago was that? What year was that? 2004? Yeah. So it's been six years of being together? Mm-hmm. Almost. Coming up November, November, November 11th. November 11th. It'll be six years. Now, over the course of the six years, um, when did you know, sooner or later, we're going to make this official, when did you feel the marital pull, the nesting pull, if you will? It seems like neither of you were kind of like... Um, I still had wild oats to sow or I was still looking for my options. Once you guys kind of met or once you guys got to that point years later where you just kind of like found yourselves living together, seemed like it was rock solid from, from there on. Yeah, I knew he was the one for me pretty much as soon as we started dating. I was willing to marry and everything, even though previous relationships, as I said earlier, like I wasn't into the whole marriage thing and that didn't enter. As soon as we started dating, I, I was ready. Yeah, we knew each other well enough and... and I don't think there was a defining moment that that said yes we're 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 going to get married. Right. It was just we we realized very early on that I I have no intention of ever leaving this girl. She's awesome and she appreciates me and I appreciate her and I don't see it I don't see us ever going the other way. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's so sweet. Um let's talk about shit's not so sweet. Let's talk about um first the ring. Um, when I went and got my wife's wedding ring, I had no fucking clue. Nobody tells you. I had once seen a commercial, I think De Beers or something like that, on TV where they're like, you know, a wedding ring should be like two months salary or something like that. But when I was working at Quick Stop, that's when I saw the commercial. I was making like 200 bucks a week. So I was like, okay, two times four is 800 and 800 plus 800 $1,600. I said, oh, my God, that's an insane. Then I grew up and realized it was not $1,600. It was even fucking more than that. And I always felt like they should give you a class in school, like when you're a boy, just to be like, only one subject, ring buying. And when you sit down, they just go like, when you buy a wedding ring, it's going to be this much. And they put it in front of you. Did you confront this yourself, or did you wind up going with, um, uh, what are they called, heirloom or something like that? Or did you have to go out and buy a ring? We had to buy one, and I my credit's not so great, uh-huh. and I we don't have much money. I'm getting raped by student loans, so we can't save much. Right, right, right. So one day I said, well, let me just go online to K and apply and see if I can get a credit line, and 
instantly online. I got like a $2,000 credit line. Not much. Nice. But so he was so romantic. I come home from work and he's like, I got approved for a credit line at K's. You want to go pick out a ring? No, no talk of marriage before that. Right, right, Just right. Like, I was like, okay, sure. So we went and I picked out a ring. Super. Pimp. That was the moment. The moment you realized you were getting married is yeah. when he was just like, K came through. Right. Um, did you did you want to sit him down and be like, look, can you just get on a knee or ask me or anything? Well, when we got the ring back, because, you know, we had to send it off to get sized and right. everything like that. You know, I told him, I'm like, you have to be on a knee. You got to do something. I'm not just going to put the ring on. You yeah, know, really. You got to ask me. Totally. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um, sitting on the couch watching TV. He walks up, kneels behind the couch and holds out the ring and says, since I know you'll keep bugging me till I give this to you, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> Such a pimp, right? Yeah, that was that was a smooth move, man. That's like Ben Affleck's move. Um, the uh, okay, l- l- um, let's go into uh, the the um, oh, the indelicate areas of the relationship, if you will. Um, it sounds like that first night, Harry earmuffs. It sounds like the the that first night was when you guys maybe got into l'amour, if you will, physical l'amour, sex. <clears throat> That would have been back that basketball Basketball. Night. Back then? That's when I knew she was a keeper. Basketball got me laid. Really? What was it about basketball? You were just like, oh, I love the, I love those dudes from South Park. <laughs> what was it that, that, that got you to that point? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Just I was very attracted to it. There him. was chemistry. There was definitely chemistry. Yeah. So that was, that was the earlier time? Mm-hmm. When your the crazy ex was still right. in jail, mm-hmm. and so then it wasn't for another six years. Right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. So then, when it's six years later, any different from that first time? Still plenty of chemistry, if not more. Really? Because I'd been thinking about her for years, and she had been thinking about me for years. So when we came back together, and you know, as she said, she was dating somebody when she moved in, right? And then broke up, and there was a night where we just it worked. And when you say you were thinking about her, you mean thinking about her. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes. Actively. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. When, who said I love you first? Me. Of I did. course. Yeah. When was it? Oh, I would say probably like three, four months into officially dating. What, were you scared? Was it difficult? Were you just like, he might not say it back? You pretty much assumed he would say it back? Or was there well, any? he didn't say it back. He didn't? He did not. What he, happened? Um, he didn't say it until we were about to leave. I was about to move to Miami first, and he was going to follow me down there. And that's the first time he told me before I left for Miami. So it was a few months later after the first time I said it, before he said it. And he said he wanted to make absolutely sure, because saying that to someone really meant something to him. Right. It's so a big he word. Just, oh, very big word. And I threw it around way too many times prior, and I wanted to make sure. Like on pets I knew, and but stuff I like that? Sure. Pets and parents? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> When do you introduce your families to one another? Actually, our families haven't really met. Really? This is the first time my brother's met any of them. Well, have they met? Have you? Did you guys meet the parents? You both, your parents are both still here. Are both your parents still around? No, my father passed away in uh, 2000. And so is your mom still around? Yeah. And Ron had met your mom? Yeah. When in the relationship was that? That holiday season. Yeah. We started dating November 11th, probably that Thanksgiving. Yeah. Really? I was at her house. Wow. Instant mm-hmm. member of the family. And got along very well and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And now vice versa, have you met her parents? Yeah. And yeah, you get along? I met them around Thanksgiving as well. You know, we would do go to go to my parents or my mom's and, and hang out for a couple hours and then go to her. She she born and raised in Gainesville, so she's got tons of family there. Right, right, so they right. do a big thing. 
but my mom lives about 45 minutes south of, of there, so we, we try to commute. We all kind of scattered. We don't live that close together, but we try to get together at the holidays. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and Christmas are, are the two holidays where we try to get together. My brother lives in Atlanta. I've got a sister in Atlanta. My other sister lives in Ocala with my mom. Not with her, but in the city. Right, right, right. What's the joke that you guys, one uh, joke that you guys share together, one thing that you always find funny that you can shorthand to one another? I don't know that we have one. I, I constantly am on her about paying attention, and it's kind of a joke. Right. Because she... When you're driving, you don't pay attention? Oh, he doesn't let me drive. He's In the six years, he's probably ridden with me driving maybe like two, three times. What is that He's a control about? freak kind of thing. When he it likes comes to be to in that? control of the vehicle. Like, that's why he didn't want to fly, because he can't control the plane. Did you guys not fly out? No, no we, we did. did. You did. But it was hard the whole time him. you're in the back, you're like, can I drive? I'm just mm-hmm. a little nervous, because, you know, when the, the plane's bumping around, I, I can't swerve, I can't hit the brakes, I can't do anything. I have no control. I'm trusting the guy in the cockpit to get that's me true. there. Yeah, totally and it makes me a little bit nervous. Because I'm a very defensive driver, so I'm, I'm constantly on the swivel, and if something happens, like I said, I can bump the brakes, do whatever. Totally. In a plane, you're, you're screwed. But the good thing is up there, no traffic. Right. Yeah, you're not really swerving around many things. Um, what uh, what do you love best about him? Like, ten, give me give me five. I was going to say ten. Give me five things um, about Chris that, that make you um, moist in the eyes, moist in the pants, moist, just... <laughs> In general, the five things, the five defining things about Chris that do it for you. The reason you'd come all this way and actually get married and, and tie your life to him forever. What is it? Um, just how caring he is. Again, he's just such a good guy. Give you the shirt off his back type mm-hmm. guy. Um, and again, he, he treats me, well, he says it sarcastically, whatever the princess wants. But, you know, he does treat me like a princess a lot of the times. Um then we have the same sense of humor. We get each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really argue or fight. I can't think of one fight we've ever had just because we always seem to be on the same page with everything. Mm-hmm. And both of us didn't have to compromise what we liked or who we were to be with each other. So that made it really nice. That there was wasn't much sweet. we had to change in order for it to work. What, uh, give me five things about her. Same question. Five, five uh, aspects about Rhonda that made you go like, I'm definitely married this woman. You've had some time to think about it since I asked her, so don't let me down. Damn it. Um, she's a total sweetheart. She uh, Very similar personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets me 100%. She, I, we have no conflict. Like, like she was saying, I can be myself and not have to worry about how she's going to react. Mm-hmm. I am my, myself 100% all day, every day around her, and I know at the end of the day she's going to love me no matter what, and I can't ask for anything more than that. Right. That's awesome. We have the same taste in movies, same taste in music. That actually helps, man. We have man. so much in common. Yeah, it would be weird. I've been with people that you don't have similar tastes in movies, and it, it, has, it can be a real issue. Being, being with somebody who's so comfortable where they're picking, you're picking, that's a big factor. We spend so much of our time sitting in front of the TV together alone, so to speak. Right. So I, if you can do that comfortably with somebody, that's... Pretty much what I do. Me and my wife just like live in the same space and very much in love. But she could be over there, I could be over here. We do two different things. We're in the same space, and that's all that matters. What um, uh, when you when you were young and thought about getting married, dreamed about getting married, or whatever, um, was it anything akin to this, or did you see yourself churching it up? <laughs> I never saw this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me neither. No, nobody saw this yeah, until, until a few months ago when this, this Mod Castle journey started. That's true. It's true. Yeah, it was kind of fortuitous. It came from just 
when we talked about opening the place, I, I don't know who, maybe, I don't know if it was you guys first, but somebody tweeted, hey, well, I would like to get married there. Can we get married there? I saw that. We had actually just bought a house right. in, in May of this year. We bought a house and we spent the first five or six weeks painting it, you know, doing doing stuff before we moved in. Right. And we were over there one day doing stuff and uh, we, had ju- we had just gotten engaged in February and this was in May and... Um, we knew we wanted this date. This was an important date. We wanted it to be this day. Right. So we were trying to figure out what could we put together in this short a time with a limited budget. What what can we do? And everything we were coming up with was just not not a wedding I would want for her. Right. You know, for me, I I'm I'm okay with a courthouse. You know, it's, at the end of the day, we're it's a formality. We've been together for six years and we're never totally. going anywhere. So it's a formality. Right. But I want her to have something special, memorable, unique. And everything that we were looking at was just not not that cool. Right. And then we were I we stopped for lunch that day. I looked at Twitter and I saw where somebody said, "Will there be marriages at Smod Castle?" To which you responded, "I don't see why not. I am ordained." <laughs> so I, I read that and I looked at her and said, "Hey Rhonda, check this out." And she was facing the other direction and I read it to her. And when I did, her head kind of whipped around like, "Hmm, we should look into this." And that's when I, I started. I, I posted something on the uh, View Askew board, and uh, within a couple of days, Mr. Matt Cohen responded and got back to you. Yeah. Wow. Well, the date was really important. Yeah. What was that date him. about? It was ten, ten, ten. I remember Matt's going. They got to get married on this date. Can you clear that date? I was like, Yeah, I'm free. What is about this date specifically? It's binary. Explain. Ten, 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 one zero, one zero, one zero is binary. Yeah. Like computer um, language. Right. Computer like ones and zeros. Right. Um, if you convert it from binary to decimal, it converts to the number 42. And according to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the book and the movie, that is the answer to the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. So I, I have found my answer to the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> that is fucking beautiful, man. Give it up for that. You put a shit ton of thought into that, man. How did you arrive? Did you hear it on the radio, or did you actually come up with that yourself? Well, when when we start, when I, when I asked her to marry me, we started thinking. I said, okay, you know, it it shouldn't just be. Let, let's do it on Saturday in November. Let, let's make it a day that has some sort of significance, something we will never forget. Right. Again, something unique, memorable that that has meaning. So I started looking at the calendar and thinking, well, it's 2010, so in October it'll be 10, 10, 10, which holy shit, that's binary. So I, I don't remember how to do the binary conversion. I Googled it, and when I saw 42, I said, done. That's Rhonda, awesome. done. And I told her about it, and she said, absolutely. If we can do something, let's make it work. That is awesome. Now, what are you guys looking forward to doing together as a married couple? It's, I mean, we, we fucking, of course. Um, but what, what as a couple do you look forward to doing? Because um, it's different. I remember... Before I got married, uh, it was literally the mindset of just like, you know, marriage is formality. My wife, my wife to be Jennifer was already knocked up, very, very pregnant and whatnot. So for us, it was like, let's just get married as a formality. And I stood across from her and we, uh, you know, we had a Dutch Catholic priest marrying us up at Skywalker Ranch, sitting across from her. And it went from just, ah, something we'll do. It's just dating plus, I would say, to something very, real and unique it it was there was no other feeling like it i've ever had in my life and and i'm certainly not blowing it out of proportion or overstating it 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 was a very real uh proposition suddenly suddenly just went from like theoretical to the hardcore and at that moment 
I just look forward to adventure after adventure with that person that I kind of like, you know, this is it, man. I'm going to cuff myself to you and we're going to do this, jump off the cliff. What are you guys looking forward to jumping off the cliff together and doing? Well, I've been putting some pressure on him because, you know, I'll be 34 next month. I actually share a birthday with uh, Ralph Garman and Stephen Root, who are both in your movie. They're both in the flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so How long are you guys out here? We're out here till the 16th. So next Saturday? Yes. Uh-huh. So you should come to Red State this week. Come to the set, and, and you can see both of those cats, and you could be like, my birthday is the same as yours. Is that we it? I would love mm-hmm. to. We actually applied to be extras, but we never heard anything, because you were looking for extras on the 14th and 15th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we applied I was like, online. these people look like they're getting married. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. You can get there. I don't know if we can get you in, but to come hang out on the set. It's even better. Absolutely. You don't have to work. You just watch. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'm sorry. So uh, I was pressuring that I'm going to be turning 34, and you know my biological clock is ticking away and you I'm want kids in a big bad way yeah and do you want kids in a big bad way yeah but I, I i tend to be very practical and it's it's not necessarily a good thing when you're thinking about kids but if you've ever seen the movie idiocracy where there's you know the, the rednecks pumping out kids left and right and right. Then there's the couple well you know i'd like to solidify my portfolio and, and stuff like that like i said earlier i'm getting raped by student loans so right. i i I want to make sure if I bring a child into this world that I'll be able to support them. Right, right, that right. I, I'll be able to put clothes on their back, send them to school, feed them, and, and make them, you know, give them a happy life. True. So we've been working on, you know, when we were in Miami, it was it was rough. That was only a few years ago, and it was we had some tough financial financial times. times yeah, yeah. And over the last few years, since we got back to Gainesville and I finished school, I, I've got a better job, cleared off a lot of old bad debt, mm-hmm. back on solid ground. We just bought a house, so we're thinking sometime in the next six months to a year, it's time to. Start Take that kids. next step. Yeah. Um, wow, man. And do you guys sit around? What do you want, boy, girl? Doesn't matter, but what do you really want? I really couldn't say. Really? Really? I, it doesn't, I really, really doesn't matter. Really it's just as long know. as it's his. It's healthy, hopefully. There's that Again, as with well. my job, I work with a lot of the little tiny, like, two-pound babies that were born and have to do things on them, too. And, you know, healthy would be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want one of those preemies, man. Right. They're irritatingly small. <laughs> like a teacup poodle. Um, the uh, Okay, so uh, you, you, you come here to this holy place. <laughs> That's what they say at church. <laughs> You come here to this holy place. Uh, uh, it seems of your own will, uh, willing to, to come. Uh, nobody's coercing you into it and whatnot. Uh, and, and ready to, to join uh, in, in union, to head, face the rest of your lives uh, together as a couple. Um, I can think of no reason to tell you not to do it. I am a big fan of marriage. Not marriage in general, but definitely my marriage. Um, I think when it works, it works. And when you find that person that you're totally uh able to cohabitate with and it's the stupid shit it's not the grand romantic gestures and whatnot it is something as ridiculous as like we watch tv together you can do that with somebody you can spend your whole life with somebody that's the important things that's the kind of car the marrow between the bones if you will it sounds like you guys have that in spades and i'm I'm so happy for you um but uh, walt walt flanagan said something pretty pretty good a couple weeks ago on tell him steve dave he, he talked about. Wait, wait, wait. I know, I know. This I is a historic moment. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever at a wedding has went, well, in the great words of Walt Flanagan. <laughs> My so icon. let me just soak this up. Um, okay, in the words of Walt, this better be good. Walt Flanagan. He, he, he says marriage is a compromise. Uh, what's the word? He, uh, compromise, yeah. He says you, you tend to compromise. Uh, I don't think that's the right word, but 
you, you basically got to try to find somebody who who you don't have to send or it's censorship. He said merit is censorship. <laughs> you, you censor oh, yourself what a romantic. your wife, your kids. You know, it, from from that point on, once you're married, it's a series of censorship. Right. And, and in my opinion, I, I do agree with that to a point. And in, in love and life, you just try to find somebody that you have to censor yourself the least around. That's very true. And, and as I was stating earlier, I don't have to change anything about me. I'm me around her 100% of the time. No censorship. That's I, beautiful. That's a beautiful fit, man. You don't have to put on another character around her. You can absolutely be yourself. He'll, he'll wake up and burp in my face. You know, that <laughs> really? he doesn't censor. Burp's not bad. Well, you get 10, <laughs> 10 years in, he'll flip around and Dutch oven you and shit in the bed. Um, the, so it sounds like you guys are rock steady, rock solid, sure that you want to head down this road. Um, I like it because it means I'm always going to be kind of an omnipresent but not there third in your marriage. You're part of our family now. Yeah, yeah, forever. So every time you're banging her, I'm getting a little piece as well, you know? <laughs> Harry is not good. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's get down to it, though, man, because the sooner you're married, the happier I'm sure everybody, especially Harry, is going to be. Let's just vow it up, shall we? Um, let's have you guys stand up so everybody can take a peek at you. I'll stand up with you. I'll hold the book because it'll make it look official. Um, uh, dearly beloved, we've gathered here today uh, to see Chris and Rhonda uh, do something that everybody does. Nobody takes nearly serious enough, but it is about the grandest thing you can do in this life. Tie your life to somebody else. Find that one life partner and walk down the road with them uh, forever. Uh, Chris, do you come here willingly of your own accord to marry Rhonda? Yes. Rhonda, do you come here willingly of your own accord to marry Chris? I do. Uh, do you, I know we haven't prepared vows, but I think it'd be kind of, uh, cool to just do impromptu kind of speak from the heart. I know we're in front of people, so the easiest way to do it would just be if you face me and not face them. <laughs> Cause then it'll be much easier for you guys to just say some stuff. Give her some vows. Promise. Tell her what you're promising her. <clears throat> Off the top. Nothing written. Nothing formal. Speak right from here. Blah. Puke out your heart, if you will. I know I don't do that great of a job of making sure you know that I love you, but I want to make sure you know today that I do want to spend the rest of my life with you, and I do love you and will cherish you forever. And I hope you understand that, and I hope you, you see that and don't resent me for anything. Hit him with some vows. Tell him what he means to you. Um, you're my best friend that I could ask for. Uh, I love you wholeheartedly. I always will. I can't wait to grow old with you and be the little old couple walking down the street um i just love you more than i can say chris jacobs do you take Rhonda sheffield to be your lawfully wedded wife to have and to hold to cherish and honor and sickness and health and have legal sex with i absolutely do Rhonda sheffield do you take chris jacobs here to be your lawfully wedded husband to have and to hold to honor to cherish to let him burp in your face when he wakes up to let him cook and indulge his love for candles, which is marginally gay, but still here he is getting married to a woman. So we're pretty rock solid sure that he wants to be here. You want this man to be your lawfully wedded husband. I do. Then by the power invested in me by the universal life church and right here, the mighty fortress of Smodcastle in the state of California, I now pronounce you man and wife. You may kiss the bride.
Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Are you guys going to take his name or no? Are you keeping your name? You going his name? Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Chris and Rhonda Jacobs. I didn't do the ring thing. I guess that's actually an important part because I have one too, and you would imagine I'd remember, but I'm like, ring, shmrings, the words were all that. You guys did so fucking well. I was so proud of you, man. That was awesome. Give it up for the happy couple, ladies and gentlemen. That's marriage for this week. I'm Kevin Smith. This is Chris Jacobs. That's Rhonda Jacobs. Do you want to give anybody a shout out before you go? All my, my brother, everybody who, who made the trip out here, we love you guys, and thank you so much for coming. And everybody else who came to, to join us on this journey, and, and your mother and brother and family, everybody who's here, we love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Just like he said, to everybody that came out for us and all our friends and family back home that couldn't make it, we love everybody. Harry, how'd we do? Did okay, right? Not too vulgar. Well, all right. That's, that's the biggest gift anyone could ask for. That's marriage this week. It's Mark Castle. I'm Kevin Smith. Chris and Rhonda Jacobs. Have a week. Find more funny shit like this at smodcast.com.